Hello guys and gals, what's good with you? Welcome back to the JRPG Report. This is episode 131 of your weekly JRPG News Podcast. My name is James Fisher. Thank you so much for listening in this week and every week to get all the stuff going on in uh, in and around the games that we love so much. And uh, that being said... <laughs> It's a bit light on news this week, and I can't say I'm surprised. We see this kind of around every event each year that um, news kind of dries up for those that week or two before a, a gaming event show like E3 typically, or the big one for us, Tokyo Game Show, as we are uh, 12 days out from the start of that event and i would expect not a whole lot's going to come out next week either so but we do have a few little things to chit chat about and um, at the very end of today's podcast um, we have a listener review for you guys and that's going to come from our friend michael and uh, he's got a audio file for you so making it a little bit easier on myself this week he will tell you all about the, um, the banners. Uh, uh, you know what? That's pretty bad that I forgot which game that he's going to review. I'll look that up and, uh, of course, tell you guys right before we do that at the end of today's podcast. So that's pretty well timed. He's kind of helping me out this week with uh, making the podcast a little bit longer. So the first game that I want to kind of get into, and that's only because I've got by far the most information to talk about with this one. And yes, I know this is really not a JRPG, but it is an offshoot of one of the biggest JRPGs. And so, of course, I'm talking about Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. And there was a big uh, article came out a few days ago really detailing uh, some different events about the game. We'll get into that first. And uh, we already knew that there was going to be 140 songs, actually over 140 songs, in this one, but we learned a little bit more, so let's get into that first. Um, they say this is the world of memories guided by the power of music. Usually we need the power of friendship to save the world, but this is the power of music. Uh, the player visits each world in the old gummy ship. You try to click the rhythm in each world while looking back at memories. And the mysterious power woven by the melody creates memories. And memories become the world and bring it back to life. The adventures that have occurred thus far it is very much so um looking back at the entire catalog of kingdom hearts games so it's not just the mainline ones it's going to also include the uh, 3ds and ds titles as well so maybe if you didn't play those might be an opportunity to just quickly glance at them uh, you do have um, a very large party to choose from. So, of course, you have the main three, Sora, Donald, and Goofy. But then as you unlock different characters, you'll be able to use them all freely once they are unlocked. And the ones that they highlight so far are going to be Roxas, Zeon, and Axel. And you can actually see them in some of the uh, pictures that they put out there. If you're interested in all these images I'm talking about going along with the game... I did put together a little slideshow the other day with, I think, 27 
pictures of the different characters and some of the stages that you can look and see. Here's how to play. You'll press the buttons to match the timing of incoming enemies and musical notes. You'll be, be scored either excellent, good, or miss for each button input based on your timing. If you get a miss, your HP in the lower right-hand corner of the screen will decrease and it'll result in the dreaded game over if fully depleted. Try to avoid missing <laughs> while aiming for the high score, they say. Uh, music select is one of the game's main modes. It has three control pl- play styles. Normal style, which is what we just talked about. One button style. The one button play style where every action can be performed with the same button. And it's recommended for players who want to focus on the rhythm without being distracted <laughs> by those pesky button inputs. And there's even performer style, which is challenging with complicated button inputs that use even more buttons than normal Style recommended for players who prefer more technical button inputs and pressing the assigned buttons. There will be a world tour, and this is in this mode you can visit the various worlds of Kingdom Hearts memories to obtain new songs and story movies. Each song offers three difficulties to choose from beginner, standard, and proud mode. Unlocked songs can be played at any time for music select, and story movie can be viewed at any time in the museum. The uh, the world tour looked kind of like uh, an overworld that has you choosing the different Disney and um, Kingdom Hearts worlds. I think they said, oh, I may get that that in a minute over uh, which ones are um, which ones are available. Uh, so you have stave, stage variations, field battle. You can match the rhythm defeat enemies while running atop the staff line to the music staff notation. There's also Memory Dive, which allows you to dive into memory videos and enjoy a sense of immersion as if, as, in, as if linked to the video by inputting buttons to match the incoming targets. So they got kind of like a uh, mini game going along with that. And of course, there are boss battles. The, um, the one they showed off was against Maleficent, so you might get some uh, memories of that boss battle from the first game there's also versus modes you can play online versus or offline with friends you can play versus the computer of course as well and there's even a friend battle royale to go off of um of course this game is coming out for playstation 4 xbox one and switch on november 11th in japan and everybody else will get it on November the 13th. And that's kind of what they were talking about just that game. There was also an interview with Tetsu Norama, and he teased about some of the other things in this game. But I want to finish up. Oh gosh, I cannot. Uh, so for this game, they're using Kyrie to kind of look back on the game and um, kind of like a reminiscing on the entire kingdom hearts journey they said that they almost picked kingdom hearts union x mascot truthly i'm not sure how you're supposed to say that because i haven't played that one uh, but they end up going with Kyrie instead and that seems like a pretty uh smart choice they said it has her in the same place as she was following the kingdom hearts 3 remind dlc um Okay, yeah, here we go. 
Uh, there are 47 worlds that you can visit. They're divided into 31 Disney-based locations and 16 original Kingdom Hearts ones. There will also be 33 boss battle stages that are essentially referred to as Black Holes. Yeah, so that's, that's, what, I was, that's what I was looking for. I have a couple different articles. Uh, back and forth about so yeah this last thing they were kind of talking about this game but they're also talking about the future so he was speaking with Femitsu the question was I'd like to ask about the future of the series the dark seeker saga concluded with Kingdom Hearts 3 but not all the mysteries have been solved uh, there's a secret movie that um, hinted at future development he asked, what will we see next from Kingdom Hearts? And his answer was, Kingdom Hearts is approaching its 20th anniversary coming up in 2022. He said, so as they approach that anniversary, personally speaking, I'm already thinking about the next work. And the Kingdom Hearts team has already started working on something new. Since Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory was meant to come before work started on the next title, the main staff was also able to help out as well. The next time we announce something, I think it'll be full of surprises. So please look forward to that. Yeah, kind of a little bit of foreshadowing. I don't think there's anybody that thought the Kingdom Hearts was ending with Kingdom Hearts 3. Like, like he said, there were some foreshadowing moments in that one. It, <laughs> we we kind of thought that they were going to wrap everything up at the end of 3. And I, I hate to spoil it to you if you haven't not played it yet. But you may not be surprised to find out. No, they, <laughs> they didn't exactly wrap everything up with a bow. They left some things open. And I can completely see them maybe moving on from Sora as a main character going forward. You know, kind of like... Um, if there was another Uncharted game, right? I doubt it would have Nathan Drake. That seems like, you know, some things come to an end and other things start. We have no idea. I I don't see them... Maybe they could announce the next Kingdom Hearts come 2022. I, if they've not already gotten quite a ways in it, there's no way that it's going to be coming out for its 20th anniversary. Hopefully, <laughs> we don't get the 20th anniversary... Kingdom Hearts all-in-one big package re for PS5. You know, we've we've already had that in multiple different variations. We do not need that coming out again, but we'll just have to wait and see what they've got up their sleeves as far as this 20th anniversary uh, deal coming up in two years. But as soon as I hear something, I'll pass along to you. And again, I kind of apologize. That's the lead, but I don't make the news stories. I just kind of report on it. And that was, like I said, by far the thing I have the most of. Everything else is going to be a little more uh, short and sweet. But uh, that's sometimes what you get in this business. Looking ahead to the Tokyo Game Show on September the 23rd, to the 27th um we talked last week about the games that square enix kind of had on tap and there wasn't anything too shocking we did get the bandai namco lineup today and so they've got uh, that's a few things you probably heard of they got that captain suaba that soccer crazy looking anime game uh dragon ball z kakarot jump force deluxe human rider memory of heroes um 
I'm excited about this. this is not JRPG, but uh, Katamari Damacy Reroll, which was the Vita game. They're bringing it onto PS4 and Xbox One. I think it's Japan only at this time, but it's still kind of cool. I love Katamari. Uh, Little My- Nightmares 2, a mini four-wheel drive Hyper Dash Grand Prix. That's a mobile game. A, mom- a mobile suit Gundam game. Project Cars 3. Not sure what that one is. They are doing uh, something more for Scarlet Nexus since they just had that big thing at GamesCon. I doubt we're going to get too much more about that. Um, Sword Art Online Alization Lycoris is going to be there. This game came out months ago, so that's a little weird. But, of course, it's Japan, so they love their Sword Art. And the, I guess this is the Android game for Sword Art Online. Alice is in Rising Steel. Mm, not sure what that is. So, yeah, the live stream for that is starting on September the 27th. And there will be an eight-hour live stream showing off um, all these games. Now, in case you were paying very close attention, you will notice one game not on this list. And that could be because it's kind of a separate big announcement. But I, I don't know. I kind of don't feel like it. I don't see or where's Tales of Arise. Um, maybe it's just so large that they didn't put it in the lineup and it is going to be a separate announcement, a separate deal. But the way Tokyo Game Show is all virtual this year, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And that, uh, at the same time, I don't know why it's not there in some way, shape or form. That seems really, really odd, and I don't think we're going to have any clarification on what's going on until, I mean, may have to see just what happens, but it doesn't seem great. I'll <laughs> put it that way. Not um, None too happy about the lack of that one being in there. Um, going on at the same time as... Tokyo or at Tokyo Game Show, there will also be Square Enix will host the Near TGS 2020 special programming. Quote, we have a decent amount of new information <laughs> special, unquote. That's going to go on September 24th. These guys like to have fun. I, I, I've always appreciated the Near developers and their sense of humor. Um, this will actually have English subtitles on it as well. So that's pretty cool. And not to be outdone, uh, two days later on the 26th will be the near staff talk. The quote, mostly no new information special. So first, yeah, you get the, uh, we have a decent amount of new info and then we have the mostly no new information special two days later. That's just, that's good stuff. Uh, this will be available to watch on YouTube. Uh, Nanako and Switch. The September 24th one, that's the decent amount of new info, will feature latest information on Near Replicant, Near Reincarnation, and Near Automata. It is pre recorded and subtitled in English, but the September 22nd one, with mostly known information, um, <laughs> is a follow up, but it sounds like that one's going to be more live, so uh, you're Subtitles will be auto-generated on the fly to sometimes humorous effect by YouTube or Twitch. We'll see how that one kind of pans out. That's all the stuff I have for Tokyo Game Show. Um, As we hear more uh, coming up, we may not hear too much more, but anything else I hear, we'll pass on to you guys. That is so... uh, 
it actually says TGS is going on from the 22nd, which is a Tuesday, until the 27th, which is a Sunday. We'll do that podcast on the 24th and hopefully have some things to talk about then. I may wait. Um, most of these things go on later in the day, so maybe we'll have some good stuff to talk about. I may have to even do a, a weekend one to kind of wrap it up if anything else comes out. But this will be the place to turn to, and I'll give you guys every bit of JRPG news that comes out of this event here in a couple more weeks let's go ahead and take a brief pause here have a word from anchor back with the rest of today's podcast episode 131 all right friends welcome back to the podcast we got a few more fun things to talk about with you guys of course don't forget to uh, give us a like on facebook follow us on twitter and subscribe and, uh, all that fun stuff like our videos on YouTube, all under JRPG Report. You can also support the podcast at the bottom of the list. There's a link either to do it through Anchor, or you can also go through Patreon. And I do thank you guys so much for those that choose to support this one each and every month. Uh, it's as little as a dollar or two. It makes a big difference and adds up and kind of keeps me pumped up to to want to do this each and every awesome week um we got some news of course uh in the gaming world one of the biggest well i guess the biggest story was the announcement of the xbox series x and series s (laughs) um coming out on november the 10th uh if you haven't heard the x is going to be 4.99 and the s is 2.99 i do believe we don't really talk about too much going on with xbox as yeah there's you know the games still come out for it but uh, i can't even remember uh, you'd have to go back to the 360 with, with some of the exclusives but uh as it pertains to us this one's interesting because yakuza like a dragon will launch for the xbox series x on november the 10th uh, it was announced previously that it would come out the same day as it launches. Now, this is a little bit of news in the fact that uh, the other versions, i.e. Xbox One, PC, and PS4, are not supposed to come out until November the 15th, 13th, and PlayStation 5 at a later date. Um, yeah, so here is the messaging that it will launch on it, but... I kind of feel like they're going to just push everything up. I cannot imagine it launching for the new system on the 10th and then the other version is coming out three days later. That would not make a whole lot of sense. This isn't next week. This is two months actually from today. So go ahead and chalk that one down. I think these uh, all these dates are going to move up. Um when asked about it, <laughs> Sega just said they just referred to the quoted text that I just read for you. So, uh, despite this, it actually this article says the Xbox One and Series X versions are the same physical uh, SKU number, which would imply it has to be a simultaneous release. So yeah, they'll just they'll clarify this one up. Somebody just said, "Hey, we need to work on this." Uh, this um, article just came out yesterday so there's still plenty of time for that to be all cleared up so if you're getting the the bottom lines if you're getting yakuza like the dragon uh for these other systems and you've already pre-ordered it or whatever 
you're probably getting a couple days before you thought that it might come out. Monster Hunter World Iceborne players can look forward to the Autumn Harvest Fright Fest. And this will start on October the 16th, and it'll run until November the 6th. Uh, this comes with new layered armor and other festive accessories, uh, Capcom announced. This was actually uh, announced back during the Developer Diary Final, and some new screenshots have been uploaded since then. And so if you are a Monster Hunter World Iceborne player, you got some spooky stuff coming up for the upcoming Halloween holiday here not too much longer um this is something that nis america does fairly often with their games we saw this actually just a little while ago with uh trails of cold steel 4 but yeez 9 will also have uh, the ability for people to choose what the alternate cover option is going to be this is actually going on over on twitter if you follow me on twitter i've actually shared that link on there as well where people can vote they will do a different one. Uh, they will have, you have until September the 18th to vote on one of three different options for the alternate design. And, um, of course, this is you know, the one that comes on the inside of the cover. It's usually pretty cool. Um, each one has a different kind of look to it. The first option is Adel in his standard and monstrum look. The second one has Aperlis, a major character, as the central figure. And the final option is a Groot shop that... Adel has posed with fellow monstrums, Raging Bull, Hawk, Renegade, White Cat, and the Doll. So yeah, if we want to head over to the Twitter page, I've got that posted, or you can go directly to the NIS America Twitter page, and you can vote on which one strikes your fancy the most, and uh, pick which one you want. No guarantees it'll win, but you can you can do that. Uh, console. Players who want to get in on the RPG Maker uh, series can now do that for Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 as RPG Maker MV has is now available. Um, North America's gamers got it on September 8th, and European gamers will get it tomorrow, which is September 11th. The original... Uh, this originally came out for PC back in 2015, but yeah, now PlayStation 4 and Switch owners can uh, check that out. I shared the launch trailer over on the YouTube channel, so if you want to see it and see exactly what all is in there, you can do that. Uh, not to be confused with RPG Maker MZ, which launched on PC <laughs> earlier this month. And this is a, a series that's very interesting to me. However, I will say, unless your PC just... Uh, can't handle it, which is highly possible. I I really can't imagine trying to make a game like this on a console of any, <laughs> uh, maybe a, a very short, simple one, but it seems like this is exactly the type of thing that you would want a mouse and keyboard to try <laughs> to make these games. But if that's all you got to console, that's the tools you got to work with. So I just think it would make it pretty difficult. But yeah, that one is available uh, now, I didn't see a price on these, but um, I know the PC version's pretty expensive, so maybe uh, maybe that is, uh, maybe they're a little more expensive as well on that. Uh, also available right now, Disgaea 4 Complete Plus for PC is out today, so if you're looking for a couple games to pick up, 
uh, you can do those too today. Um, I shared this trailer as well. It's about 30 seconds long and no word if it's coming to the West or not, but Dragon Quest Adventure of Die anime series will begin airing on October 3rd in Japan weekly on TV Tokyo Network, Square Enix announced. This thing looks really cool and I'm hoping that, you know, Netflix did pick up that Dragon Quest movie and bring it over. So maybe there's some sort of slim chance that we get this one as well. Uh, if you want to check out the trailer, if you are a obviously a fan of um, the original Dragon Quest games and that kind of look to them, or the original Dragon Ball anime that's exactly what this reminded me of um those early ones not dragon ball z or the new ones the original dragon ball with uh goku as a kid like it really has that look and feel to it and i thought it looked really fun so i'm kind of hoping this one makes its way over probably a i'd give it about a 10 to 20 percent chance that it actually happens but we shall wait and see if it ever does MiHoYo has updated its official website for Genshin Impact, and there are three new characters that they have introduced. Two of them from the Lyrie Harbor, who uh, they are Kwee and Kikwake, <laughs> and the Monstat character Mona. Much easier to pronounce. Thank you. Um, first, I believe this is the only playable one, Kwee who says, I am Kwee I am a zombie, and I forgot what comes next. And it's a small childlike character who says is an apprentice and herb gatherer at the Boo Boo Pharmacy. Um, blessed by the Adepte with a body that cannot die, this petite zombie cannot do anything without first giving her the order herself the orders to do it. So that's an interesting character and looks like the only one that's going to be playable. Um, Kikwig is... Um, I'm not sure what she is supposed to be, but um, she's another, I believe, a non-playable character. At least I didn't see any GIFs or video of her that was playable. Um, and then there is Mona from Mondstadt, and she is a mysterious young astrologer who proclaims herself to be the astrologist Mona Medjidis. I'm not sure what that means either. Uh, <laughs> And so those are new characters for this one. Genshin Impact, of course, coming to PlayStation 4, PC, iOS, and Android on September the 28th. And Switch at some point in time. If you'd like to see the new demo for Kwee called Icy Resurrection, you can check that out over on our YouTube channel, of course. Um, an older game... And this one's just coming to Japan, so I don't know if it's coming west or not. It is uh, called Crestaju. It came out back in 2001, a fantasy indie RPG. Um, this one's getting new life and being brought back out again for the Nintendo Switch via the eShop on September the 17th in Japan for 3,000 yen developer Plysai and Shu announced it has remastered graphics a new voice cast new scenarios and background music of course they say this was a uh, about a 30 hour game um quite almost 20 years ago and if you have 
heard of this one or want to check it out, there's a, a trailer for it. Again, I don't know if this one's coming to the West or not. They say it is a full-length fantasy RPG. Although created by a single person, its scenario takes 30 hours to clear and has strategic battle system, which made it quite popular in the early days of the internet. Uh, the Switch version of Crest is You is both a port of the original release and a high-definition remaster. Various elements have been added, from improved graphics to voiceovers, new scenarios, and background music. The The battle scenes in particular are kind of interesting because it has a very zoomed-out look to it, and that's probably a part to do with the original graphical limitations of this. So you have super small-looking pixelated characters kind of on a zoomed-out uh, perspective. It's still turn-based and, you know bad guys on the left, good guys on the right. But like in particular, like the spell effects are, it's zoomed out for a reason to kind of show these massive, big giant spell effects. So I thought that was kind of, kind of an interesting uh, thing. I hadn't really seen a, seen that before. Um, like I said, you're probably making up for some things in that department that you couldn't show too many details. But I'll let you know if this one ends up coming to the West or not. I wouldn't put a great chance at it, but who knows? It does have a lot of JRPG feel to it, and you never quite know with these e-games. Sometimes they make them over in time. Um, if you've played the game Seven Nights on iOS and Android, there's going to be a spin-off game coming to the Switch called Seven Nights Time Wanderer. Netmarble released the first reveal trailer and details for the game. It's upcoming spinoff set in the same world as a mobile game, Seven Nights. Here are the details. First, about the Seven Nights franchise. It is a top RPG mobile title with over 60 million downloads worldwide. You enjoy the epic fantasy stories revolving around the strongest warriors in the world of Seven Nights. Now, here's the key features of this one. It's, of course, a spinoff story. Vanessa, the eighth member of the Seven Knights, and magic instrument Sandy take off an adventure through time and space. They say it's an RPG with a fascinating storyline. Vanessa's story unfolds as she explores various dimensions and recruits allies that become her friends along the way. Characters with unique skills and stories. The game offers a selection of 15 playable characters. As a dynamic turn-based battle system, real-time turn-based battles with elements and leverage system. Form a team of five characters with the most favorable skills and elements for each stage. There's also exciting additional content. Return Vanessa to dimensions she's visited to interact with new friends. Challenge your skills and enjoy other exciting characters. So you have Vanessa, Sandy, Hay, and Young are the three characters they have announced so far. There's no release date yet for this Switch title, um, but I've also got this trailer on the YouTube channel, and I invite you to check it out. Now, sometimes with these, you know, mobile game ports, it's kind of like, uh, not so, but this sounds like an actual spinoff developed for the Switch, while still maintaining some of those elements that made it popular in the first place. And so kind of when you look at the original, um, what you see at first, like, yeah, that kind of does look like a mobile game, but then it kind of shows some of the battle scenes from this turn-based battle system. And it really looks kind of over the top and cool. I, I like kind of what it's showing off there. And we'll just have to wait and see if this pans out into a full-fledged RPG experience 
or not, or if it's kind of just like, yeah, maybe this should have stayed as a mobile title. You never know which way it's going to go, but I do like what I've seen from it so far. I like the style and the uh, the animations on it. It just will have to wait and see if it's worthy of playing or not. All right, everybody, that's going to do for all the news on episode 131. Thank you so much for checking us out. But before we get all the way done, we do have Michael's review of Banner of the Maid. I don't know why I couldn't think of that at the beginning of the podcast, but I'm going to turn it over to him, and then we'll say our goodbyes after we hear this really cool listener review, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Michael, and I'm here to do a review of Banner of the Maid from my buddy James, who is, of course, the host of the JRPG Report. Now, before we get into the review, I want to tell you guys that I am about 25, 26 hours into this game, and I'm on Chapter 18. So I haven't beaten it yet. That means I haven't seen the ending. So I don't know how the ending will sway my opinion in either direction, if I like it more or less because of the ending. Um... What I really do like about the game is its core mechanics anyway. So I don't think the ending will put too much sway on me liking or disliking this game anymore. So without further ado, we'll get into the review. Um, I'll start the review off by telling you guys what the game is about. The game is about the French Revolution if it were to happen slightly different. Like it adds in a little bit of reality and a little bit of fantasy mixed in with it. You play as Pauline Bonaparte, which is Napoleon's younger sister. And what you're wanting to do is get her to the highest rank officer in the army in which you can. Like her brother was. Um, to do that, you'll get some recruitable characters that you can get along the way and some people that'll join just because they know you and your brother and they want to be good with the Bonapartes. Um, it, this game honestly reminds me a lot of Fire Emblem. And for somebody who loves Fire Emblem and strategy JRPGs just in general, it's it's very fun. So to everyone that's played Fire Emblem, you guys know that it goes like this, basically. Uh... Swords beat axes, axes beat lances, and lances beat swords. So, and magic works well on everybody. Well, this game has a mechanic basically the same, which is something that I love because it's familiar and I already kind of get where it's coming from. And this one it goes, rifles beat muskets, muskets beat swords, swords beat sabers, and sabers beat rifles. Now, I don't really understand that much considering the saber is just like, a slightly different sword. Like, they're both swords. A sword and a saber are both swords, but a saber is slightly different. And, you know, I'll take a rifle over a sword any day that I have to fight somebody. <laughs> if, they were, if they were to have a war right now, I would want a rifle instead of a saber, so that makes no sense. And, of course, cannons on this game work well on basically everybody. Now, one thing about this game is it's hard. It can get very, very hard if you don't know what you're doing. Like, you have to watch what you're doing. I put it on general mode and said, okay, my Fire Emblem skills will get me through this. And to the most part, that worked out pretty well for me. But there were still some missions that just, you know, beat me because I wasn't ready for some recruits to come in or some just random off the wall things to happen but it's you got to use your advantages you can't let a musket person 
go out and fight somebody with a rifle. I know I'm not explaining it very well, and I apologize for that, but rifles do beat muskets. So say Pauline, she's a musket user. Say she goes up against somebody with a rifle. The advantage on this is significant. It is very, very significant. You do not want to have her fighting anybody with a rifle because nine times out of ten, they will do large damage while she does basically two to three points worth of damage. It's not worth it. You need to use your advantages to your advantage, for lack of a better word. Um, I mean, but it's, it's, the, it's the challenge in it that makes it fun for me. I don't like games where you can just breeze through it extremely easy especially strategy games like this i want a game that's going to be challenging and this game is definitely like that um one of the cons about this game though for sure is the broken english you can tell that when they um were dubbing it over or they didn't dub it but when they were um translating it over excuse me i apologize when they were translating it over they missed out a few words, but it's not, like, that big of a deal. Like, uh, for example, one of them is a lot of the characters scream, let's crash them, whenever they go into battle. And you know that they're trying to say, let's crush them. You can use your context clues and put two and two together. It'll always equal four. You know what they're trying to say. So it doesn't really take you out of the game that much, in my opinion. I know a lot of people will be upset by that, but... Me, not so much. I just, I kind of find it, like, pretty funny, in my opinion. I've laughed at it a few times, so nothing bad there. Um, Like, that's kind of the only con I had. Wait, wait, no, it's not. Another con that I definitely had in the game. Sorry, I, I don't have a script or nothing. I'm going off the top of my head. So bear with me, because this might sound like a little bit of rambling. But definitely another con that I had in the game is not knowing where the reinforcements come in at. They have a little thing telling you that, hey, look for the footsteps. That's where reinforcements will come in at. But, like, it's pixelated. It's an older style. It's it's nothing like a Persona. It's not new like that in any way. It's pixelized, and it's a great aesthetic. I really enjoy the aesthetic, but it's so hard to look for little footsteps on a map of pixels because the footsteps just never really showed up for me, and people just randomly came in, and I was like, well, where were the footsteps? Where was my sign of warning? Like, I lost a couple of units that way, just not knowing that they were going to just ambush me from there. And another thing uh, that is kind of a con, but also good, I guess you could say, in this game, is when a unit dies in this one, they come back. But you lose a little bit of money that you would have made. For example, in one of my missions, I would have made $2,000 had I been able to complete it without losing any units, but I lost two units in that one to the ambush of, you know, the uh, opposition, and when I did that, I lost all of my money, so I got no money from that mission, which kind of sucks considering you want to, you know, upgrade your weapons and you want to you know, promote your people to different um, classes, which is another thing, kind of like Fire Emblem, but I kind of wish they would have took a page from Fire Emblem where I could have made it to where when my characters die, they die, if I want it like that, like classic Fire Emblem did. I always choose classic because I'm like, man, you know, it, it makes more of an impact on you. You feel like, hey, 
if I lose this character, it's on me. I love this character. I don't want to lose him. I better play as strategic as possible. Where in this game, there's a girl. Her name is uh, Corsette or Cosette. I'm sorry. I, I, can't, I can't speak French, so pardon me there. And she is a really strong unit. But where I know that I'm just going to lose a little bit of money, I will send her into a patch with like five or six enemies and see if she can destroy them all. And if she dies, it's like, well, there goes $900 and I'll have Corset back at the end of uh, at the end of this mission anyway. So, you know, you can you can be a little bit more reckless in this game for sure. But all in all, you know, it's it's not a bad game. 25, 26 hours into it and I'd give it an 8 out of 10, in my opinion. It's it's one of those games where if you go into it with the expectations I had, I had kind of lowish expectations. I was like, you know, it'll be a Fire Emblem knockoff. It'll be fun for a couple of hours. But I ended up loving it and thinking, hey, you know, this is more than a Fire Emblem spinoff. It's trying to do its own thing, which I can definitely, definitely respect. So... Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the review, and I hope I did well for you. Um, I'm sorry if uh, if it's a little bit too long or, you know, if I rambled on too much. So, you know, if I do more of these in the future, hopefully it'll be more crisp. But I hope you guys have a great night, you know. Sub to the JRPG Report, and we will see you guys in the next one. All right, thanks, Michael. We appreciate that. And, of course, if you guys want to do your own review send it to me either um you can just type it out that's fine i will read it or if you have the equipment and you would love to record your review instead i'd be happy to play it that's that much less work that <laughs> i've got to do i love that part uh you know michael really that's honestly that's exactly what i'm looking for um not we you know we don't need a score or um honestly a bunch of details just kind of your impressions i want to hear what someone who's really played the game and either enjoyed it or not enjoyed it tell it how it is like any we can all look up reviews for the game that's that's fine but i kind of want real gamers perspectives on why they liked or did not like it and the best part is uh, <laughs> what he said they're both swords like <laughs> what's one gonna be better than another that cracked me up and uh yeah excellent job dude we appreciate it and i hope all you guys liked it as well so that's going to do it for episode 131 um i'll be honest i don't know uh what i'm going to do for sunday i may just kind of skip this week guys i'm not sure unless i get inspired and really want to throw something out there we may just take uh we may take a sunday off it is um <laughs> it is the start of the nfl season so my mind is is gone elsewhere at least momentarily but we'll be back next week for sure next thursday with your regularly scheduled jrpg report podcast my name is james fisher and as always thank you so much for checking us out but until next time get back out there and level up